Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, quarantined in D.C., and today I'm going to be talking once again with Lorraine Devin-Wilkie. She's back, and we've got a lot to discuss. But before I talk about, uh, or before we get into all of that, uh, I just wanted to mention my cat, Miranda. Uh, As you know, I put out a little alert last week that I had to bring her back to the vet to get checked up because she had a bowel blockage and she's 16 years old. So she went to the vet and they gave her two enemas, I guess, because one wasn't enough. And then they gave her a bunch of fluids. And then so they did look at her the the next day. They didn't do an x-ray, but they just wanted to look her over, which I thought was a waste of time, but whatever. Um, I, I was talking about corporate vets, I think, with Sarah, and I don't, you know, I mean, that's, my vet is a decent vet, but it's, it's like the corporate vet, so it's like they're always looking for ways to up your bill. Anyway, so um, Miranda seems to be doing okay. She's not 100%. You know, she's like, she'll sleep on the floor in, my, in, in the bedroom, which isn't normal. And she sleeps in Bob's office a lot, which isn't normal, although I guess it's becoming her new normal. And I know that cats get uh, different habits and they they take on, you know, different areas in which they want to mark as theirs. So I understand that. But I think in this particular case, the fact that she's 16 and basically what I'm doing, she, she hasn't really gone to the bathroom that much. She has. With the exception of last night, she's gone every day. She didn't go yesterday which is kind of concerning me. But what I'm doing is I, uh, I learned reading on the internet <laughs> that um, you can give, and I, and I checked with a vet too, you can give your cat, uh, what is it? Um, I keep wanting to say rubbing alcohol. <laughs> no, olive oil, but it's got to be the cold pressed extra virgin. That's the best. It doesn't, it's not like if you give them the other kind, it's, it, it's going to kill them. That's not going to happen. But I think I, I read that the, the cold pressed or whatever they call pressed uh, extra virgin olive oil is okay. So there is this particular food. I can't remember who it's by, but it's, it's like a, a bisque. So it's, I can fit it into one of those little plastic syringes that I can squirt into her mouth. So I just add olive oil to that, and I give her two packets of that every day. And, um, you know, she has been eating, which is good, on her own, but obviously a little less because I'm forcing her to eat and uh, because I'm forcing that oil into her. If I leave it up to her, she's not going to eat it. But I've been giving her CBD because she's anxious. And I noticed that when I give that to her, it really helps. She calms down. And during the middle of the night, I know she goes and has a little bit of her dry food and I leave out a pate for her and she's been eating that. So fingers crossed, and I know that she drank some water on her own last night, and, you know, I'm just, I feel like I keep giving her syringes of shit. But, you know, she's behaving in a way that she's happy. You know, she's purring, and she's been actually uh, doing a couple of things that she hadn't for a while. Like, every morning, um, she gets on my chest, and then she looks at Bob. Because she's like, okay, pet me. She likes the way he pets her. So she gets on my chest, and then she just stares at him. And then if he moves his hand around, her eyes just follow. Her whole face just follows his hand. It's so funny. And then he, you know, he, he rubs her, her, like, uh, her cheek. And she just loves it. She just loves it so much. So she did that this morning, and that made me happy. Um, but I've been kind of up and down because I don't know what's going on. She's, she's not a hundred percent back to normal. She's not going to the bathroom as much as I would like, although she is going, um, 
you know, so we're just going to keep an eye on her. And it's been really tough because, I, you know, I mean, I can handle the COVID shit, although it makes it worse. But when I, I think the worst part for me with having a, a pet, having an animal, being a slave to my pet is, you know, this fear uh, when it comes to be when they're older and they're displaying symptoms that make you feel like what's going on? Is this the end? Is she going to get better? And then, you know, whenever I've had to decide to put an animal down, I hate that um, because you don't know. You, you don't want to put them down too soon. You don't want to put them down before they're really ready and, and then they, they still want to be with you. But you also, you know, you don't want to keep them in pain for your own benefit. It doesn't make me happy if, if unless she's happy and feeling healthy. So it, that, it's that area, that gray area that's so fucking hard. I hate it. And so I've been up and, you know, just gone up and down, up and down, up and down. So it's been a tough week. And, you know, and then the COVID thing has been freaking me out. So it's like not just the fact that my cat is sick, but that's like the overlying feeling that I'm dealing with, like worrying about her. And then every little thing I see about people running around and, and standing shoulder to shoulder and being assholes and just all the freaking news. It's, it's so much, you know, it's like I've had a hard week and I don't know how the next weeks are going to go. You know I mean? I just, I have to kind of play every day by ear and see how she uh, feels and how she behaves and just take it day by day. So anyway, there's that. That's my Miranda update, my little kitty who I love so much. And you know, when I, when I met her, I had gone to this pet shop in Burbank called Pet Haven. My friends owned it at the time. And so I remember, I think it was a Thursday I went there because I always used to go to the puppy bin and I would just sit in the puppy bin and just have puppies jump all over me. And they were teacup puppies on top of it. So they were like these tiny little puppies jumping all over me and it was just euphoria. And Miranda was in a, in a cage with a bunch of other kittens and she saw me and she grabbed on to the cage and started screaming, just meowing, like calling over to me. So I got up and I went over and I, my friend Annie, who owned the store, kept telling me, oh, this is Miranda. and She's really special. She's really special. And um, so I said this was the end of the Miranda story, but clearly it isn't. So I wanted to hold Miranda, and I did, and so we bonded, and then I put her back because I had no intention of coming home with another cat. I had a cat at home that I didn't think would accept another cat. So I had no intention of taking Miranda home, put her back in the cage, and she's just screaming at me, just like, hey, you're my mama. So, of course, I folded, and Annie kept saying, she's so special. She's so special. <laughs> it was like I was getting hypnotized. And Miranda is very special. I think she's special because she is one of the sweetest cats I have ever met in my life. She's so loving and sweet, but she's neurotic. And she's had issues with urination, and she was returned by two families because they had pets, and I guess Miranda because she's neurotic, wanted to claim her space and peed on the bed, which she actually peed on my bed, but I, I fixed it. I just, I got her her own litter box, and I put her in her litter box, and it, it was just a little carton, because, you know, I had a litter box for my other cat, and they, I was having them share, but I think Miranda felt a little insecure about that, so I put her, I gave her her own box, and I praised her when she peed, and I was like, good, good. And she was so excited. It was evident, you know, and so much so that when, because I would always praise when she would pee. And then when my other cat, Pearl, would go to the bathroom, Miranda wanted to run 
over to Pearl and like get all excited, like, yay. <laughs> and Pearl was older and she was like, get the fuck away from me. Give me my privacy. So, um, you know, and then when Pearl died, Miranda began peeing all over the house because she was so stressed out. And I've, I've weaned her off of that. So she doesn't pee in the house anymore, but you know, she's got her issues and she's got her things. So she is special. She's my special little kitty. She's my little baby and I just don't have children. So she's my child. Okay, that for sure is the end of my Miranda story. And I just saw that she went to the bathroom, so that's good. I'll have to check. Um, and I'll just, I'll get right to the idea that, you know, I need your patronage. <laughs> if you can afford it, these are trying times. Start Me Up is an independent podcast, and it's supported by listeners. It's also woman-run by me. And I have no corporate backers, and I don't use advertisers. So patrons are the ones who keep this show going. And I'm so grateful for all the people that have subscribed. And I love when you guys engage. I can't stress that enough. If you enjoyed today's show, go ahead and check out the front of the Patreon page, right? So I include some of the past guests. I interview all kinds of political people as well as some amazing actors. And I love to get in depth with them and really talk about their experience with their craft, where they studied, um, you know, what just experiences they had as actors. Sometimes if I talk to a woman, I like to talk about, you know, what it's like being a woman in Hollywood. You can become a patron for any dollar amount. You could start for like $2 a month. And that means you'll get each show delivered into your mailbox, uh, your email box, I should say. And then if you sign up for the $5 tier, you get access to the patrons only podcast, which is a more personal show. Sometimes I have a co-host with me tomorrow. I'm going to be doing a show with Steph. So Steph is back. The emphasis, and sometimes I do solo shows, but the emphasis always on the personal side. So we're going to probably be talking about a lot of the same things politics wise when we do cover politics, but we're also going to be covering personal things so that listeners just have that extra little knowledge, you know, that extra kind of personal feel. Um, definitely the emphasis is on the personal. So Steph will be here tomorrow. We're going to have fun. Uh, I have a couple of really fun topics planned. And just visit patreon.com slash start me up. Sign up for at least $2 a month. And if you decide later that you want to sign up for the patrons only, you can upgrade. It's totally up to you. You can also make a one-time donation by going to the Patreon description. And I include my email and all the PayPal inform information as well. Um, and you can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Also, I have gotten a couple new ratings, so I really appreciate it. When you go to iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts, just please become a subscriber. It's totally free. And while you're there, please rate the show. And if you like it, give it a good review. It always helps. I can't even tell you how much it helps. So please, please, please. And that's going to be it for me uh, now. Going to get into my conversation with Lorraine Devin Wilkie. Welcome back, Lorraine. Thank you, Kimberly. Happy to be here. It's been a long time. I know. So much shit has happened. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. I was thinking back about when we last talked, and it and yes, it's like five years has gone by since then, in oh, that year. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, this whole fucking COVID thing. Oh, my God. It's just too much. And that's what I want to, I, I want to kind of open with that because sure how can we not it is the <laughs> not not it is the inter it, it, it is the herd of elephants in the living room oh my god i know and you know so the deal is a whole bunch of states are opening up and you know we're seeing it on twitter we're seeing people crowding into restaurants crowding into like tj maxx and they're not wearing masks they're not social distancing and i don't and not only that they have an attitude about it like right i'm going to show you 
And I just feel like, oh my God, that I don't feel comfortable. I mean, I'm still in the mode of when I go to the grocery store, um, I'm, I'm, I consider myself like if I go into any place after I've been outside, no matter if there, you know, no matter what kind of place it is, if there are people in there, I consider myself contaminated. And so, you know, I mean, I go to lengths. I know I don't sure. know that everybody goes to these lengths, but I mean, I have this whole process of I mean, it's like a fucking process because my dad said something like he puts he swabs um, his nose with rubbing alcohol before he goes into the store and afterwards. So I thought, well, you know what? It's not going to kill me. It may not help, but fuck it. I'll do that. So I swab my nose. I put on my mask. I wear glasses. And when I, you know, I come home with my groceries and I literally wash each and every item off. If it's in a box, I take it out of the box, put it on the non-contaminated counter, throw the box away. (laughs) I mean, I'm so very specific about it. And then like I I, I don't wash my clothes immediately, but I do take a shower because in case a droplet were, is in my hair. Sure. And, you know, I mean, the grocery store that I go to, for the most part, everyone's wearing um, masks, although occasionally people wear them below their nose, which is like, right. why are you doing that? But Stupid. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just, I figure it's better to be, but it's like, I'm still in that mode and people are, you know, wandering around acting like there's nothing to be worried about. I mean, are, how are you dealing with it? Like, what do you... Well, the thing that I find shocking is that it, it's, it's not just about being lax or, or not being vigilant. It's a political statement. It's become yeah. a political statement. So when I see that, like when I saw that footage of that coffee shop in Colorado and the very defiant tweet about, we're showing him President Trump that we're, we have our freedom. It's, to me, that's a cultist, yeah. politicized insanity because i'm sorry even if you don't know what to believe why wouldn't you hedge your bets to do what is safer for you and other people why wouldn't you because i'm sitting here and i'm thinking i don't know if it's as you know every time i go out into the world or into a store whether it's as dangerous Mm -hmm. as as perhaps i I fear it might be right but you know what going to hedge my bets exactly because i care about my life and i care about the lives of other people so wearing a mask is not a hardship for me right keeping a distance is not a hardship for me and if it is like if it's a place where uh distance is impossible i will not go in there because <laughs> yeah i'm sorry i have seen enough i mean I, I think you have to have lost your ability to think critically if you can't look at the stories around the country yeah and look at the death count and then still stand there and go, oh, it's all bullshit. It's a hoax. The Dems are just, you know, they're lying to us. They're taking our freedoms away. And I'm like, that to me is just cult, yeah. uh, indoctrinated, yeah, exactly. fundamentalist thinking. It has nothing to do with fact. It has nothing to do with science. It has nothing to do with logic. It shows a, a tremendous deficit of critical thinking. Because if you're going to politicize something that could potentially kill you or, or harm other people... That, you know, that's like Guyana jungle drinking Kool-Aid kind yes, of thinking. Yes, absolutely. And, and that's ridiculous. And, and the thing is, honestly, if, if it wasn't my concern for medical personnel and hospitals, yeah, yeah. I would say, fuck them. Let them, you know, <laughs> if, know. if they, if they want to get themselves sick, let them. But unfortunately, that trickles down to many other people who will be impacted by their uh, foolishness, by their lack of compassion, by their arrogance and so it's it, it's very upsetting to watch that kind of footage and like you I'm probably not quite as hardcore as you but 
I don't know. You know, I mean, yeah. to me, it's simple. You, you just yeah. take precautions because why wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, you I know? mean, I, I do tend to have a bit of an obsessive personality sometimes. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I get it. And, and, you know, I mean, I just I feel like I, I guess in the last couple of days, not to say that I've changed my behavior because I haven't really changed it, but I I've loosened up a little bit because in my mind, you know, it's like I. I do realize that when I go to the store, I see all these other people wearing masks and I feel like, okay, well, if everybody else is wearing a mask and they're, you know, gloves are iffy because gloves could still have the, sure. pass the contamination. But um, still the idea is people are taking precautions and if people are taking precautions, then it's going to really reduce the risk. But, exactly. but uh, yeah, I just feel like I want to make sure that I have all the bases covered and, um, you know, I just, I don't know. I, cause I keep seeing these stories that, the the virus is okay like for instance i just read a new york times article that was talking about how people in italy are experiencing effects of this after they've no longer test positive they oh now God, taste they know. yeah they know they're now um negative but they're still experiencing uh whether it's like major fatigue if they just walk across the room they're having problems with, you know, they're still coughing. And it's just something like some days are good, some days aren't good. There's so many different variations of it well, that we just don't even know about now, too. Well, and also there's, I've read several articles, it's talking about the systemic damage that's happening that's beyond your lungs, that's going right. into organs and yes. affecting and like kidneys. kidneys and heart. And you're like, why would you risk that? Yeah, I, I know. But the thing is, it's just so very clear. It's not at all about doing what's healthy or not healthy. It's mm -hmm. the people that are flouting the rules have mm -hmm. made the decision that it's all a big lie. Yeah. That's what's happened. And when you make that kind of decision, it, you, it doesn't matter what articles come out. It doesn't matter that there's a new mutated version that's even more virulent than the first one. It, it doesn't matter that you know, countries that were flat were n are now spiking up again because they've opened things up. It doesn't matter because you've decided, uh -huh. you out there, you know, yeah. uh, flouting safety precautions, you've decided it's all bullshit. And so once that decision is made, it doesn't matter what logic or science right. or fact comes into the picture, you're going to reject it all. And that's, that's what we're seeing, you know. And to me, I look, I just saw a story about, you know, some people protesting to open their gyms. So mm -hmm. they're on the street doing squat. Yeah, in and Florida, like, yeah. Go, go for a power walk. Get some free <laughs> weights and go work out. Yeah. What is the problem? You know? Yeah, it's just insane. And the, I think part of the problem is the fact that we've got no... We used to have like the nightly news that everybody trusted. That right. no matter what side of the aisle you were on, you could say, all right, this person is telling me the truth. We just don't have that anymore. We don't feel that there is one truth teller. I mean, I think that you can... You know, there are both sane Republicans and, and liberals who are understanding what the experts are telling them and looking at the numbers and being smart about it. But, right. but, but it's like, there are other people like I I've talked about this girl that I used to be friends with and uh, she um, posted some article about, you know, stop the panic. It, you can go out and it's fine. And it was, it was, I don't know if you remember those two doctors who own like a, a an urgent care and they put yes, out, yeah, yes, they put out bullshit yes. information on which Those they're going guys. to, yeah, they're going to benefit financially from this stupid message. And so she posted this article, and it was, you know, that one, and she posted something from LifeSite News, which is that terrible right-wing evangelical thing. And she's Jewish, so <laughs> it's not like she's 
she doesn't even know that they're evangelical. She doesn't know what she's posting. And oh, I mean, it's God. like, so she's just sharing this bullshit. And so I got into it with her and I, I unfriended her. I've known this girl since I was like 21 years old. And it's not to say that we've been that close. We were close when we were in our early 20s. And then, um, you know, we, we maintained a friendship over the years. Um, but I'd say in the last five years or so, I haven't even spoken to her on the phone. So it's not like we're that close. I mean, right. and I don't. I mean, I don't like to throw people out. I don't like to say, you know, I can't know you anymore. But we did have a conversation about this. And so, you know, in, in the long short of it, she said to me after I said, we need to listen to doctors and the nurses and the experts. She told me that I had a closed mind. And I, I just was like, <laughs> bye. So she yeah. replied to me because I unfriended her. So I, I noticed in my message request box that there was a, a, a reply. So I read it and it was after, I, you know, it was not last Wednesday, but the Wednesday before. So I replied. It was right after I did a podcast and I was like, mm, because she, you know, <laughs> she well, and she lives in Florida now. She used to live in California, but she used to or she said um, she said, I don't remember what she said to me, but I was very insulted because she said, do you really think you're going to get this? Or do you really think you're going to die if you get this? And I said, that insults me because I may not die. If you get it, you may not die, but your mom might die. My mom might die. Um, and nobody knows. And so I, again, reiterated, like I sent her the 1918, there was an article, I think it was in the New York Times about the 1918 flu pandemic that, you know, they went back too early and there was a huge sure. spike and a couple of other things, plus a family member of mine, um, it's my dad's cousin, has it and she's in the hospital in critical care. So she, you know, she re replied over the weekend and she said something like, well, I'm really sorry about your family member. I'm not one of the crazy ones, but I don't always listen to the experts. And I, I read that and I just deleted the whole thing. She wrote a whole bunch more. And I was, oh, I know she also sent me a video that she wanted me to see. And I just was like, I don't care what this stupid video is. No. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's such a, it's upsetting because now this person, um, like I said, she was my friend and we were certainly, certainly we were close for a long time, but she's made some stupid decisions in her life that she had fair warning <laughs> and she just ignored. Oh, absolutely. No, so, I mean, the thing is, is that like on my Twitter page, it, I don't, I'm not going to engage with one yes. single person who pops in on a thread of mine and says <laughs> something insipid. I don't even re respond. It's just a quick block. <laughs> That's it. Because I'm not going to allow my yeah. social media to be a pulpit for somebody else's disinformation. Exactly. Oh, That's God, doing exactly. a disservice to everyone. Yes. And the thing is to me is like if you I mean, the problem here is like you said about the news is that we are so polarized. It just seems like there's nothing in between. Yeah. You either believe and I personally think our side is the right side. And yes. I know everybody thinks their side is right. the right side. But the bottom line is if you're listening to experts uh -huh. and medical people yeah, exactly. and scientists <laughs> and researchers who have tremendous educations and experiences in these fields versus Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingraham, I have a feeling that most sane people would say the side with the scientists is yes. more right. Yeah. So if you're, if you're going to reject that and you're going to go hang on to what Matt Gates says, or, <laughs> you know, then I feel bad for you because you are being disinformed. And as we've talked about before with cults, right? Like you look at Every time I see an, an article or, or a documentary about Jim Jones, I think about those people 
who went to his church and honestly thought they were getting the message of God yeah. through this man, followed him to a jungle and then allowed themselves to either be murdered or forced to kill themselves for his insanity. And I know that may seem like a stretch comparison, mm -hmm. but the reality is, is that anyone who's buying into the Trump think, the yeah. GOP think, is doing a similar thing. And unfortunately, in this circumstance, it is resulting in death for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, this this virus doesn't just kill liberals. Right, you know? exactly. <laughs> it, it doesn't pick and choose. It, it's going for anybody. And so to me, again, why wouldn't you hedge your bets? I just don't get that. I, I do know. get, I do get small businesses that are watching their businesses go under, right. being terrified and panicked yeah. about, oh, my God. And I get that conundrum. I do. Uh -huh. It's real easy for me here as a freelance writer to go, well, don't worry about it. I right. don't have a store or a restaurant. But at the same time, you have to be moral about it. Mm -hmm. You have to have integrity about it. And, you know, this this coffee shop in Colorado, they, they just they, they endangered every single yeah. person that came in that building. And to me, that's not saving your business. That's making a political statement and endangering mm -hmm. lives. You don't, it's not one or the other. It's like... People can figure out how to do things safely when the time is right. And I don't know, you know, I don't understand how politics decides life and death for some right. people. But, yeah. you know, that's where they're headed. And they're, like I said, yeah. if, it, if it wasn't for the medical personnel, I'd say screw them. You know, if they <laughs> want to get sick, let them get sick. But unfortunately, yeah. other people are impacted by those decisions. Yeah, so. because if it gets to a point where um, the medical personnel are getting sick and dying, what are we going to fucking do? You know, it's like, it, exactly. and it's not to sound callous about them. I mean, they're human beings. It's not that they're just there to, you know, work on people who are sick. They're human beings who have families. But still, it's the idea of if they're not around to protect us, what are we going to do? And, you know, here's the other thing that I'm really, really concerned about is certain family members, certain friends, especially the family members, because I think with friends you can get away with it more, but the family members who are not going to be taking it as seriously, maybe they'll take some precaution, but they, they don't necessarily take as much precaution as you might take, which is me. <laughs> and I feel like they're going to put pressure on, you know, people in their family. Oh, why, you know, why don't you come over? And it's like the other day I drove up to my mom's house and she, uh, because Bob ordered toilet paper and we got all kinds of toilet paper. So I thought, well, I'll just bring her some. And, you know, I mean, I don't get to spend Mother's Day with her. So I'll bring her some toilet paper for Mother's Day <laughs> and, um, and a couple of other things. Anyway, so everything was so careful. You know, I mean, I had put the toilet paper in the car days before. And then when I got it out of the car, I had put, um, you know, alcohol all over my hands just because I don't want to get my mom sick. And so, you know, my mom understands, but I, I'm, I fear that some other family members are going to... So we got cut off. We're, we're using Skype now. Back to what I was saying. What I was saying is that I think that there are going to be family members who are going to be putting pressure on us because maybe they won't be as concerned about, yes. you know, and, and I feel like that's going to put so many different people and families in uncomfortable situations because, you know, I mean, we just... Oh, no question. How do you and, deal and, with and, that? You know, like you're like, Mom, I can't because I don't want to get you sick. And, oh, you're being crazy and I want to see, you know, and it's like, oh, God, I don't know. 
Well, you know, it's interesting because I was just saying it was my son's birthday on Saturday and we have a house where there's a front yard. It's not a huge front yard, but it's a decent sized front yard. Mm -hmm. And over the last several weeks, my husband's daughter and her two kids have come to visit us on Sundays and they have a blanket and they sit out on the far corner of the yard and we sit on our lawn chairs on the other side on the patio. And that's how we did my son's birthday. He came and he sat in another section and there was probably 20 feet between each family group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I said, I'm really grateful because this is in response to what you just said, that I'm really grateful that everyone in our family, including my brother who lives in Los Angeles, all have a shared opinion of how this should be handled. Because it would be weird, you know, if you had people giving you a hard time or making you feel bad if you didn't yeah. show up. And and I think that's going to be really unfortunate as mm-hmm. time goes on, as we get into holiday season, you know, different holidays. Oh, yeah. And, you know, um, it, people are just going to have to really, that's why, like the other day I tweeted, no one's going to make me feel bad about <laughs> what I choose to do. And if you try to, you will be out of my life for the time being, because that's not acceptable. I don't want anyone in my family to uh do anything that's going to endanger themselves or me. I want us all to stay healthy, yeah. you know? And I, I have a friend who said a few weeks, actually about a month or so ago, she goes, well, you know, we're all going to get it. And I said, no, I don't, I don't no. share that belief. I, I don't think that's true. I yeah. think that, uh, yes, I think that a lot of people, obviously a lot of people have gotten it. 80,000 plus have died from it in this country, yeah. but I don't, I'm not going to just surrender to that idea no, that I'm either. all going to get it. I'm sorry. No, I'm not, you know? Um, and so I'm going to do everything in my, my power to make sure I don't. And, and the people that I care about don't and anyone I'm around don't, you know, I go on these power walks every morning and I have a mask on and it's like, yeah. if I'm, if there's no one around and, and I go early enough that usually there isn't, I'll have it pulled down so I can breathe easier. Cause mm-hmm. I'm pounding away. Mm-hmm. But the second I see somebody it's up and over my nose yeah. and tight around my neck. And I've seen a few people look at me and they're not wearing masks and I see the looks and I'm like, I don't care. You know, <laughs> yeah. you, you, you do what you, you do you, right. I'm going to stay away from you. Yeah. But, um, no one's going to make me feel bad about it. And I think all families are going to have to tackle that. I mean, you, it's a good point. Yeah. And I think all families are going to have to come to their own. Yeah. Their and own it's just going to suck it. because they're, the people who don't necessarily have as much fear around this or concern are going to try to guilt the other people who do into doing what they want. But you and know what? Let's be honest. We've been having these family battles yes, now of course we have. for years. Right? <laughs> yeah, but it's this like, but this case there there is an issue of getting sick though. Of it's course. it's not just a disagreement now. Um, it goes beyond that. It goes to yes. well now am I going to succumb to your your guilting me and risk getting sick? And right. that's what pisses me off because it's like, look, if that if you want to live your life that way, I respect it. You need to respect me living my life this way and not saying you need to do what I think you should do or else I'm going to hold this guilt over you. And it's like, it's just so it's, this whole thing is such a fucking mess. It's just such a fucking mess. It's a clusterfuck of epic proportions. And I also, Um, I want to talk about the white house. Basically, I think April Ryan had tweeted that she has it on good authority that at least one White House, like, super official, which I wonder if it's Pence. She didn't say super official. I did. I know. Um, I <laughs> But, um, you know, one, one of the White House officials has it. Or, no, I'm sorry, might have it. Um, right. And then, of course, we know that Mike Pence's uh, aide has it. 
and right. tested positive for it. Uh, I, I, I know that Ivanka's aide also had it, although she's not a top official. Um, so I'm wondering if it's Pence. You know, I mean, it could be a number of people sure. because Stephen, Stephen Miller's wife tested positive. So it, it could be one of those people. But I mean, okay, first of all, the irony, right, of, of, oh, of them telling uh, us. Unbelievable. <laughs> I, well, mean, and I, saw, I saw an article today where it said some White House officials saying, we're really worried or scared about how to deal, how to operate in the White House going back to work. And I, I tweeted back, which is what every single yeah. American worker is dealing with, being forced to go back to their jobs because if they don't, they're going to lose their unemployment benefits and they're not going to have a job. They're not going to have money. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, it's it's beyond irony. It's, yeah. it's hubris. You know, it's, totally. it's just it's like, are you people living in such an echo chamber that you don't realize that every time we see you all gathered together, shoulder to shoulder, no masks, shaking hands, rubbing shoulders, mm -hmm. that, that somehow you are so entitled that you are not going to get sick. So you don't even have to think about it. And yeah. now. We care that you're worried about it. I mean, it's it's the disconnect is stunning. Yes. Me. And then what they're doing is they're basically saying, oh, there's no need for it. Everything's great. Everything's going back to normal, which it isn't. And then but there but a lot of people like, for instance, the Texas Supreme Court, uh, you know, did did some kind of Zoom thing or they, they made sure that, you know, when they're when they're um, coming down with decisions that they're in their homes safe. And then right. they're, they're letting people, they're telling other people that it's fine to go out. And it's like, don't see, you see when, the difference here? <laughs> of course, when you're the man hiding behind the curtain, yes, you cannot allow anyone to see what's really going on behind the curtain. Yeah. So, you know, if you've got Trump and Pence and all these other people standing in front of microphones, huffing and puffing and saying nobody's going to blow their house down and, and trying to, uh, you know proselytize this deflective denying message and then behind the curtain all your people are right. going are getting sick that is that that's got to be keeping that guy up nights that's why he tweeted what like 180 times yeah. yesterday yeah i mean he does not want to to ever be seen as as part of this mess because part of this mess is going to get him unelected yeah. unreelected you know and and right. that's what he cares about that's it, that's what his concern and then is I think, that yeah that and then i think he was also really pissed off that obama basically just said that he he fucked oh, this God. up yeah. majorly and so he's going after obama now because of course he is and then did you see i didn't see the 60 minute story but i saw a clip i did i saw it oh my god so basically the long and short this guy um, Peter Dazak, I think, British-born American. He's a PhD who spent his career covering dangerous vi uh, viruses in the wildlife, particularly bats. Um, he had warned 60 Minutes in 2003 that the pandemic was coming. And two weeks ago, yeah. the funding was cut. Now, it was cut because Matt Gates went yes. on, um, I think, sh uh, what's his name? Tucker, Tucker, Tucker Carlson, Carlson. And said that, $3.9 million was going to, um, uh, what do you call it, Wuhan, Wuhan. Yeah. and that they were going to, there was a grant, and it's not true. I think the grant was for NIH. Am I, am I mistaken on that? Um, I'm not sure exactly, but I know that NIH had, a fund, had funding, and that funding was cut, basically because Trump, and they showed a clip of, of somebody, a reporter asking Trump, and Trump's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're dealing with that, like, right now. 
And oh um, no, the, the fact of the matter is, is that that Desik denied that 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 money went. Right. He said they are collaborating with them. Okay. Because they have a very uh, 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 an incredible laboratory there, and they've been working on this stuff for years. Yeah. And what's so funny is that it was just in December of last year that the Senate passed the bill to increase, increase. the Increase, yeah. Right? And so here we are. By that point, the pandemic was was starting, right? Yeah. I mean, mid, mid-December of last year. It was creeping into the into the, the ethers of the world. Yeah. And and here we are, while we're knee deep in it, we're neck deep in it, and and the White House. I mean, it is it is to me, it's the sort of thing that someone should go to prison for. Mm-hmm. This oh, is a, hell yeah. This is a crime against humanity. These are actual thousands, hundreds of thousands of lives are are being lost mm-hmm. because of the stupidity of this administration. Because this man will listen to anybody, mm-hmm. you know. If if his shoe shine guy told him that, you know, it wasn't bats, it was Labradors mm-hmm. who were causing it, he'd have all the Labradors removed. You right. know, I'm, he is gullible and stupid, and He's, he. Ma- but the the power is the problem is he has the power to make unilateral decisions yeah. that impact all of us. Well, and. and, the- and the thing that's also concerning me is he's at least three times in the last couple of weeks, he's talked to Vladimir Putin and we never get to know what they're right. talking about. And, you know, I mean, I don't I have no idea exactly what their relationship is like. What I believe is that uh, Vladimir is using whatever compromat to hold over Donald's head. You know, I think that I think that there's clearly compromat and. So, you know, I mean, sure, there's a, there's a certain kind of a respect that, that, you know, Donald has for, for Vlad and he wants to be the dictator and, you know, uh, he likes, he likes all the dictators. So, so there's that. But aside from that, I do think that Donald understands that he has to do what Vladimir Putin wants him to do or Vladimir Putin will severely fuck him over. He also recognizes that Putin in Russia helped him get elected. So he answers to them and you know i I always think that i want to just say that there's that scene in w where uh dick cheney feeds bush an idea as if bush came up with it himself and as we all know donald trump is the kind of guy that you know if you compliment him and then exactly yeah give him a suggestion so it's is vladimir putin going donald you do what i say no i don't think that's going Uh on But I, I think, think that saying, Donald, you're the best leader America has <laughs> ever had. Yeah. You do you. Do you. You yeah, know, and I, then I think I that know. he gives them suggestions like, wouldn't it be interesting if this happened or whatever? Exactly. And the thing is, is that, you know, Vladimir Putin has an agenda. He wants to kneecap our democracy. It's very clear and it'll, it can happen. And I mean, getting Donald Trump elected in the first place is a way to need, but I think he's also getting kind of orders from Russia without them being orders, more like suggestions that Donald understands that he has to, okay, I better do this, or that's a really good idea, or I had this really great idea. Because I don't, I mean, I'm sure he's getting them from plenty of places. Like you said, the person who shines his shoes, or Stephen Miller, or Steve Bannon, there's all kinds of people that are putting ideas into his head. But I do think, you know, I don't know that everybody... Just because I had the opportunity to understand what Soviet Russia is, I was talking to my dad about this yesterday, and he was like, you know, I'm so glad you had the opportunity, I was 12, to go live in Soviet Russia, because even if you had gone there for three weeks, 
just to visit, you wouldn't have understood because my pinned tweet sure. says I've smelled it. And it's like my dad said, he was, you know, the fact that you smelled it, it, it just it says everything because Russia has a smell. At least it did when it was mm. Soviet. I don't know. It, and, and it's like the older the building, the stronger the smell. And it right. was undeniable and it's very specifically Russian and at least you know that my experience in Soviet Russia I mean it, it just like I think that I and I've said this before so I apologize for repeating myself but I feel like people in the media don't understand this especially the younger people it's like dude Soviet the Soviets were fucking evil they were oh my evil God. I know and I mean Vladimir it, 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 is a Soviet it, it's laughable over the years of Trump's administration how the Republicans have revised history yeah. to make Russia this shining city on this, you know, know, country on the hill. When, you know, those of us who are old enough remember, you know, practicing diving under our desk because of yeah. nuclear war as if that would have helped. Right. But it's, it's, <laughs> it's well, and I think, you know, I think you're absolutely right and on both that I think he, he has. He has leverage over him. But I also think that Trump has shown, whether it's Sean Hannity mm -hmm. or Fox and Friends, that if you flatter this totally, guy, if, yes. you, if you kiss his ass and then slip a little suggestion underneath it, uh -huh. you'll hear him parroting those exact yeah. words. We've Obviously, we've seen it happen over and You're over like and a over. like disinfectant. Right. It's, it's just like it, it's literally a parrot and not, not even, you know, figuratively, literally, yeah. he's like a parrot teaching him how to say Polly wants a cracker. <laughs> you just have to say it in his ear and it comes out of his mouth. And yeah. I imagine that that Putin doesn't have to work all that hard. No to get this guy to do what he wants. All he yeah. has to do is kiss his ass and then to make a suggestion and make it sound like it's something he should do. And then, yeah, you know, I mean, even, even, you know, it's just so funny is that, you know, if you watch that 60 minute segment on the, the NIH, it's like, it, it is made very clear by the number of people that are involved in this, this interview that the virus did not. And this one scientist explains why it is, it is not true that it originated uh, in the lab, mm -hmm. that she explains how the coding and the organic matter, blah, 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 blah. And just a few days ago, Trump is still saying mm -hmm. with a high degree of confidence that it was originated in a lab, as is Pompeo, mm -hmm. who actually contradicted himself in his own interview, which is that's the problem mm -hmm. is that the disinformation is so intense yeah. that that how are you know, how are people out in the street who mm -hmm. listen to Fox News 24-7 yeah. ever, ever, ever going to get the real information? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, I think that I had written an article last week that basically said there's there's three steps to getting rid of Trumpism. Of course, this is simplistic, but the first is voting blue so that we, you know, we can sure. make changes. And then we need to start funding public education and start you know, making that a priority, funding it and improving it. Because, you know, I mean, a lot of people who watch Fox, who watch Fox News are intelligent people. I know sure. some of them. Um, right. And so granted, it's their biases and their prejudices that um, keep them around and, and, and make them believe what they want to believe. It's just sure. about, it's like they're just believing something because it aligns with, with, with either their politics or whatever it is. Exactly. But, but what we need to do is we, we need to vote blue, fund, fund education, and then we need to figure out a way to hold any kind of uh, cable news television show accountable. Um, and they can't lie 
and, they, and, and pass off an opinion as a fact. I don't know if it's, if it's, you know, just calling them a terrorist organization or what, but we need to figure out laws that people cannot go on, because this is cable, this is not under the FCC. They have right. different rules. They don't need to have um, uh, licenses or anything. So it's like there needs to be some kind of new rule or law that prevents people from passing off opinion as fact. I mean, sure, if you want to have your opinion, you can have your opinion. But you need to state this is my personal opinion. And if we can get, I mean, and again, this is a simplistic, very simplistic, you know, three-step thing um, that would be extremely difficult, not so much difficult to fund education, but I mean, getting rid of Fox News is hard. But if we don't do that, you know, if, if we have an electric, I mean, Trump said that he loved those, the poorly educated and a lot, you know, sure, there are a lot of educated people out there who are, you know, happy with their tax cuts or whatever it is, you know, they're racist and they, they like what the president says. Um, there are those people, but most, I think, people are just not informed. They're not educated. They don't understand how government works. And we need a, a school system that's going to teach children. Critical thinking. Yes. And how Critical government th works. Exactly. I think we need to bring civics, civics back in yeah. a big way. And and. Critical thinking needs to be a huge part of that component because, you know, the reality is, is that we're not we we can't put we can't put this back in the box. No. It's like Pandora's box. It's yeah. out. People are, people are going to be divided no matter what because mm -hmm. now we have the platforms of social media mm -hmm. and the internet and the cable news, where we're being bombarded with people's opinions twenty four seven, and we make our decisions and we go along with it and and. I don't think that's going to change. Mm -hmm. The only no. thing we can do, it's like breaking the cycle of racism. The only thing yeah. we can do is is impress upon parents to mm -hmm. teach their children critical thinking and impress upon schools. Mm -hmm. Make it a mandatory part of the curriculum. I agree with you. that yeah. I've been saying civics should be put back into schools and not just, and here's how George Washington right. started. <laughs> not that. You know, it needs to be really vibrant, like robust. Government. Yes. Yeah robust exploration of how it all works because there are a lot of people, you know, who, who are like, well, voting doesn't matter. Well, they don't understand. I right. mean, it's like, I, I've told this story before, but it's like, I remember when it was my son's first opportunity to vote. So I don't remember what year it was. It was, I, I don't want to think about the math. I'm too <laughs> but there was a, there was a, a, a proposition on the California ballot that had to do with tuition, uh, college tuition. Uh, probably state schools, states mm -hmm. and UCs. And it, it it limited what tuition could, you know, it limited, it had something to do with tuition. Well, we all voted for it and it passed and immediately his tuition was lowered. He was went to a state university. Mm. Wow. And I said to him, I want you to never yeah. forget this. Never forget wow. this. You got lucky because you got to see it happen yeah. in immediate time. Mm -hmm. But this is what voting does, is it changes rules. It makes things happen. It doesn't always mm. work. And sometimes it takes a long time, but don't ever let anybody tell you that voting is a waste of time. Yeah. Don't ever let John Cusack or Jonathan Turley <laughs> tell you that voting is a waste of time because it 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 isn't. And no. you know these are the kinds of messages that have to be taught. But well, you know, and sometimes like, elections are won by like you know a small percentage, like exactly. maybe a hundred people make the make it, and you know they well, they and decide I think it too because we. 
we put so much attention on the presidential election, which yes. comes with the burden of the very arcane electoral college. Yeah. So it kind of confuses things. It's like, well, wait, right. the popular vote gets nullified, but you know, that's a big mess. And, and I get that. That's confusing yeah. and it's stupid. And I don't think we should have an electoral college, but the rest of it is by the number of votes. Yes. And, and, and until we can change the electoral college component, we still have to vote because mm -hmm. it, it impacts everything. But yeah, how do we, how do we get people to see that? I mean, just you know, going back to the beginning of our conversation, if you look at the way people are reacting to something that's literally causing enormous numbers of deaths, yeah. and they still don't, they still don't open their minds. How do you? And get they don't them to want open to listen to experts. I mean, this friend mm -hmm. that I had, she's like, well, I don't, I don't always. I don't remember what word she used, whether it was believe or listen to, but it's like, oh my God. And of course, experts can get it wrong from time to time, but that's who you go to. I even said to her in the email, I said, if you were diagnosed with cancer, wouldn't you go to a number of experts and ask their, you yeah. know, you get opinions from more, you wouldn't just some dude on the street, you know, yeah. but that's basically what she's doing. And then she's, you know, and then she tries to tell me I'm not one of the crazy ones. And it's like, no, but you're just one of the stupid ones. And I can't fucking yeah. know you anymore. And it really, pay, you know, I don't have, I, I had, I guess she would be the fourth. There were four women in my life that I was pretty close with. And they're all out of my life. Um, two, two of them, let me think. No, three of them. They, none of it had anything to do with um, Trump. But there were situations that they were all very different, you know, but th mm -hmm. there was one woman that I knew. I can't say that I was her best friend. She just fucking got COVID and her boyfriend who's older than her got it for 12 days and was, it was severe. He was in the hospital for 12 days, I should say. Jeez, and wow. they're still Trump voters, but they're, ex he's extremely wealthy and she is somebody who, um, cares only about money and stature and all that stuff. And so, I'm not really surprised. I'm not her friend either. But it's like, it bums me out that the that there have been women in my life that were my friend and we're not friends anymore. And I don't, like, I don't just throw people away based on, oh, I disagree with you. And, right. you know, I mean, there there was, there, there each, each, like, for instance, I was friends with this one woman and we were, we met in high school. But she always criticized me like for a while it was fine everything was great and then after high school she you know got together with this guy and they moved in together and I think she felt like she was this adult she felt very adult and so she was always criticizing me and you know like I remember there was this one time she got a microwave and she asked me because I was still living with my mom and she said does your mom have a microwave and I said no and she was trying to rub it in and there was just a number of things where she was really petty and just kind of a bitch and it was like over a period of time I uh, just I didn't really want to talk to her anymore because every time I did, she was criticizing me for something or she she was always fucking on my ass about why aren't you auditioning? Because I was an actress at the time. But my whole deal was I just wanted to study and then I would audition. I wanted to be good before I went and decided to put myself in front of casting okay. directors. And so she kept criticizing me for that. So, you know, and, and then the last there was the last straw. She said something to me that was finally like the last straw. And so. She had called me, I don't know, months later, and she's like, okay, you haven't called me and this and that, so I thought, I'll tell you, you know, I'll tell you, here's why. And, and I don't like to list. I don't want to like, be like, and you said this, and you did that, and you right. did this, but I just said, th these are the things that led up to me just not wanting to talk to you, and she said, well, I'm a bitch. Yeah. And I thought, yeah. well, 
And she said, well, I'm going to leave it up to you if you want to call me. And I thought, well, that's all you have to say. I'm a bitch. Then I'm done. Right. You know, and so it's like I, I, I just told that story because I don't want to sound like I, I'm I don't like to let go of friends. But, you sure. know, it's unfortunate. So this woman that I just recently had this thing with, I mean, again, it's not like we were that close. I haven't even talked to her in five years. But, you know, you have memories with people and you have these experiences sure. with them. And and it makes me sad to think that, uh, you know, I just she's so stupid, though. I mean, she's just so stupid. I can't deal with it. It's too stupid well, for and, me. Well, and the thing that I learned, you know, back when I started writing op-ed articles back in the, you know, two, I think I started in 2011 for HuffPost and stuff, and I would get, sh- you know, shit tons of hate mail and comments. And I just <laughs> learned real early on, I developed incredibly thick skin. Yeah. And I also learned that there, there's no point in debating no. issues with people that come at you like that. Mm-hmm. Because if they come at you like that, they're already in a defensive, they're already in aggressive and defensive posture, and they're not open to what you have to say anyway. So there's no point. I don't want to waste my time getting into, that's why when people come on my Twitter page and they immediately say something hateful and they don't even know me, I'm not going to go, well, but here's what I think. No, no, bye-bye. I don't even, because I've learned that, you know, there's no advantage to yeah. debating because someone said to me on Facebook once when I made that comment I said that I just block people and they said but don't you want to hear the viewpoints of people that aren't necessary you only want to hear from people who agree with you and I said no it's about posture and yeah. it's about decorum if you come on my thread whatever social media it is and you say I see your point but here's what I'm thinking or I don't agree with you because this is what I think is true that's fine and I might have a debate with mm-hmm. you on it but if you come on immediately calling me names right. or belittling me or attacking other people done we're yeah. done and that's unfortunately if you even just look at the body language and the tone and tenor of speakers on Fox News or you know like Laura Ingraham it's like her snark just rolls off her like sweat you know it's like her whole face is just set in the I know. <laughs> snarky, you know, what is that called? Resting bitch right. face. She's got <laughs> resting snark face, you know. And Tucker Carlson always oh, like God. Trying, to, trying to figure out what's going on. <laughs> He's you know? always and so confused. Like, <laughs> I know. And it's like you look at these people and you think these are not people that are interested really no. in somebody else's viewpoint. And, and so all the people that listen to them and emulate them, Sean Hannity, whatever mm-hmm. – they don't care. No. They don't really want to debate you. They just want to pummel you totally, and they want to yes. attack you. And it's like, I'm not going to return. I always say to people, I don't go on your page and attack you. Yeah. If, if yeah, I, exactly. If, if I say something, I'll say it on my page. I'll say it on my page, my page, my rules. And if you come on my thread and you can discuss it sanely and with civility, fine. Mm-hmm. But I don't go seek out your page and mm-hmm. then attack you for your voice. It's not allowed on mine. But that's a microcosm to me of what's happening in the world. Yes, it right? is. It's it like is. when I walk down the street and I see people who aren't wearing masks, I don't immediately start yeah. screaming at them <laughs> for not wearing a mask. I just think, well, I'm wearing a mask. Right. You know? uh, so be it. And I'm not going to go near you because I'm just wearing a cloth mask. It's not protection from your spores it's protection from mine so i'm gonna keep away from you and you go over there without your mask and that's fine you know (laughs) Um, and and that's to me that's how it is right now it's just i'm not going to get into battles with people if they if it's that but that's the problem is that then how do you create change how do you create change uh, regarding racism or Mm -hmm. or uh discrimination against lgbt or against women 
you know, as a parent, I keep thinking if you follow that thread back, it always starts in the home, right? Mm -hmm. It always starts with what are the messages people get growing up and then they go into their school life. What are the messages they get there? And we have to attack it from all ends, right? We have to educate parents. We have to raise the level of education in schools. We have to bring civics and, and, uh, you know, integrity studies and humanities and empathy and all those things every step along the way. And, and maybe we'll create adults that aren't wearing red hats. And yeah. I mean, it just seemed like, I, I mean, I, I, Obviously, when Obama was president, we got to see the underbelly of racism, like just like the scab was ripped sure. and the Band-Aid was ripped or whatever. And, you know, it just it, it was awful. Um, I do think, you know, like, for instance, I always said that we were able to elect finally a black president because of George Bush, like George Bush scared the shit out of everyone. And here comes Obama, who's this smart even like he's he's just right. obviously such an even man he's just so measured and incredibly intelligent and i don't know if you would have said to somebody in um let's say 2005 is america going is ready are, are, are americans ready now to vote for a black president i don't know if, how many people would have said yes you know because right. we're all we're all too afraid of a fucking woman but you know like at that point i don't know but we got barack obama and, right. you know, and, and because people understood this guy knows what he's fucking talking about. He's really smart and we trust him. And um, well, and you know, what's shocking is to think that the same country that elected Barack Obama twice. Yeah, then, exactly. Then but that, that's it. The, then like Obama led to Trump. So that's the, the, a weird thing. It's like the the uh, and he only led to them in the way that racism um became so much more obvious. People weren't hiding it as much anymore. And well, and the- I also think, I, I think you cannot deny, and, and I don't care what anybody says, is that this election that Trump, quote, won, which I will always put in quotes, yeah, he was, was not an honest election. No, it was it not. It was not an honest election. It was not the will of the people. It was corrupt. It was manipulated. So it's like, it's, it's like, to me, it's apples and oranges. You know, you can say, well, how did we elect Obama and then fought? Well, because Trump was not elected under no, normal circumstances. He cheated. But you he know what? Cheated. He did get 60 some million votes. And I don't yeah. know how many votes like, you know, I mean, I know that a, a friend of mine worked in Florida with the Hillary Clinton campaign. I mean, she wasn't like extremely high up, but I know she had opportunity to talk with Hillary Clinton a few times and you know, she was up a little bit. She was more than just a volunteer. And right. the night of the election, everybody was really surprised. I mean, we were all surprised, but I mean, they sure. were specifically surprised because they had gone on whatever polling they had and it wasn't matching up. So sure. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to die believing that certain totals were messed with. I mean, we have no right. proof of that. I can't prove I it. And I don't know if it's true that it would ever come out, but I don't, you know, I mean, all we know is that they, they targeted Russians specifically targeted those three States, those, uh, the ones that tipped over for right. him and, and they targeted them specifically with like Jill Stein. Right. And so, you know, I mean, Obviously, we know they had the cyber attack and, and the information attack, but I'm not I'm just not going to believe that they did nothing else. Right. And I think I that don't either. I think they brought the whole toolbox yeah. into this situation. Yeah. I think 
the the whoever runs the show in the power brokers, both politically and geopolitically and in business, they went, we need one of our people yeah. in there, you know, and, and there was no morality. There was nothing, nothing to do with principles or integrity or American idealism. It was all about money and power. And Trump was a, 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 a good puppet and yeah. he was the pick. You know, it really was the template of the Manchurian candidate <laughs> or the omen might be a better. Yeah. Harrison, you know, and I, I'll just start calling yeah, him Damien. <laughs> exactly. And I think that, you know, I, I think I hope I hope I hope that people have seen what happens when you allow amoral, mm -hmm. unethical people in positions of power. I hope that even people who will consider themselves Republicans or right wing yeah. or conservative. I mean, I shared an article today that said that, you know, even in the midst of all this panic over covid, Trump is desperately rescinding environmental protection yes. and regulations laws that it said will take Democrats years mm -hmm. to reverse. And you're thinking, how can Republicans who have children too, I know, I know. how can they stand by and go, oh, it's okay, we can let that go? Um, I'm sorry, I, I just don't believe that every Republican is an amoral greedmeister. Yeah. I think there are many of them who are horrified by Trump. Mm -hmm. I do not know why GOP members are so silent and so complicit or, or whatever they are. I don't yeah. get it. Well, I think, I think that it might be a combination of the fact that number one, you know, they, they just want to follow because they don't know what, like they're frozen with fear as far as I don't want to lose my seat and I got to go with my party. And then I'm sure Mitch McConnell and all the rest of them put pressure on them. But, but I also maintain that the Russians hacked into the uh, RNC server when they when they hacked into the DNC server. So there's information that Russians have on Republicans that we don't know about. We know right. we know what they found in the DNC, but we don't know what they found in the RNC. So, you know, who knows? I mean, I think mainly they're kind of like going along with their party because they feel the pressure. It's the peer pressure. And but there's also a lot of money that has, you know, there's the NRA, which all this Russian money has been funneled into. And I, I hate to sure. sound like a Russian conspiracy theorist, but give me a fucking break. They're attacking us. That is the goal. And it's so obvious. So it's like I think that we are, are underestimating just as a country underestimating what they are capable of doing and what they've probably like I always think in terms of like that they've got their first of all they have the keys to the White House and they right. have their tentacles so deep into our government that this is like for I mean it is a practice for you know for Russians to look for that useful idiot Trump wasn't the only one and sure. you know they find whether it's Democrats too I, I would imagine there's fewer Democrats that are are involved with whether it's money laundering or whatever they get you on however they you know they, sure. they, they seek you out and then they they offer you this thing and then they've got you so of course d some Democrats are probably guilty of this and obviously quite a few Republicans are there was a I think a 2017 article came out Dallas I think it was Dallas Morning News, just listing all of the money, all of the different people who got money from Russia. So I yeah. think a lot of them are definitely fearing for a number of reasons. And it's not just afraid that the president is going to tweet about you. It right. goes deeper than that. I think um, so. I think, I, I, I mean, my logic and my intellect tells me that's true because how do you look at like a Ted Cruz or a Lindsey yeah. Graham who, who spoke so vociferously yeah. against Trump a few years ago and have now completely abdicated to him in ways that are not just 
well, now I agree with him. They're literally (laughs) kissing his ass. And it's like something happened in there. And we all talk about it. But I, you know, I sit back and I go, you know, I use my own intellect and powers of observation and my research skills and my, you know, just my human brain. And you look at things and you go, there's something there. I don't know Mm -hmm. what it is. I'm not even going to try to guess what it is, but it's something something there. Yeah, I mean, you, like you can you, you can can't theorize. It yeah, you right. can try to theorize, but you'll never know one hundred percent. But you do know something is there. Something is um, there, and it's just terrifying. But you know, I want to switch the subject because you wrote an article uh, that I really liked, and I just want to, before we even start, this has to do with the Tara Reid case, and sure. um, I did we did talk about this. Uh, who did I speak? I think it was Sarah Wood and I really kind of got into it, and I also talked about it with Ben Cohen. So before we even get into it, I just want to say that. Uh, Lorraine feels pretty much the same way the rest of us do. So when we when we talk, or meaning me and Sarah Wood and, and Ben Cohen, um, <laughs> I I want to get into this article and I want to focus on on what you had initially said, but then I really want to get into the Me Too. So your, your your article is titled "I Don't Believe All Women." I do support Me Too. These are not contradictions, and I like how you start it because you said. Um, you said, I don't believe Kellyanne Conway, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Um, and then I'm going to say her, what is it? How do you say her name? Kylie McEnany? Oh, I think so. McEnany, uh, whatever. Or, Kaylee McEnany? I yeah, don't know. something like that. Or Ivanka <laughs> Trump. I don't, I don't believe Judge Jeannie, Marsha Blackburn, Laura Ingram, Susan Sarandon, uh, the women on Fox and Friends, or Jill Stein. And you go on, and it's so true. And it's like, and then you, I love how you said, um, uh, Sarah Palin can see, she, you said, uh, remember Sarah Palin? She saw Russia from her kitchen. <laughs> but it's true. And it's like, the thing, though, is that you still, um, because you don't believe, or, or you, you say, I, I don't believe all women. I do, however, believe most women. And so this brings me in, and then, and then you list the women you believe. Lucy Flores, Anita Hill, Gretchen Carlson, Monica Lewinsky, Eugene Carroll, all of Weinstein victims. I am on 100% the same page as you. And um, before I just let you go on this, I just want to say that some, I think it was over the weekend or maybe on Friday, uh, the news came out that the, that she's being represented by two lawyers. One gave all kinds of money to Trump, which doesn't look good, but okay. But then the other one has written for fucking Sputnik. A Russian disinformation site. So it's like he's, you know, he and he represented, I think, I think these two represented Cassandra Fairbanks, who was a Russian agent. So it's like, oh, my God, every, you know, I hate this fucking position that we're in because we're, we're basically having to say we don't believe this woman and it sucks to say it. So you go now because what you wrote was so insightful. Well, I mean, the thing is, it comes down to, to me, the most basic thing it comes down to is the folly of generalities. Generalities are what prejudice is built on, right? That's like when I have an, uh, I, I find it appalling, any generality, whether it's all people of this color are this way, or all Aries are this way, or all women are this way. Those are just lazy thinking, as Mm -hmm. far as I'm concerned. You know, and I've written articles about these, uh, I call them generation wars, where people get into this, comparing boomers with millennials and getting into these really heated discussions (laughs) about, 
how the, they've done this and they've done It's all bullshit because you cannot take yeah. an enormous group of any people yeah. and, and reduce them down to a bumper sticker. Yeah. It's not possible. It is the basis of racism. It mm -hmm. is the basis of xenophobia. It is the basis of sexism. It is the basis of any of the isms that you can think of. Mm -hmm. It is based on generalities. All people are this one thing. So to me... When, when the women's movement advanced into the Me Too era, the believe women thing, and, and, and I've seen it both ways, right? I actually researched this. Was it, was it believe all women or was it believe women? And, and there's debates about what it was. Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is, and I, I referenced it in the article, it was like when Black, uh, Black Lives Matter came out. And, and people would say, well, well, yeah, but don't all lives matter? And I, I love my friend, Regina McRae, who's a BLM activist, and she was a consultant on my novel, and she's just this bright, fierce, crazy woman mm -hmm. who I love. And she said, of course all lives matter, but we actually have to say it. Mm -hmm. We actually have to make the point. Yeah. And so to me, Believe Women fell in that same category, right. which is, of course, not all women are telling the truth, but we actually have to say it because over the centuries, mm -hmm. women have, by default, been discarded and mm -hmm. dismissed and, deme and demeaned and diminished when it comes to any accusation of, well, lots of things, but certainly accusations of sexual assault or abuse or rape or whatever. We've seen, you know, millions of books and movies and articles mm -hmm. and TV shows have been built around this uh, idea. I mean, what was it? Uh, the one with uh, that just came out on Netflix, believe, believe. I can't remember the I name of it. I don't know that one. Um, but it's like this is not new. This yeah. is old. That women have been uh, dismissed. Yeah. Well, but we can't then say, well, now we're going to discard all logic, all <sighs> rationale, all intellect, all discernment, and say that every single woman that says anything is telling the truth yeah. because also know. There have been many instances of women who have lied mm -hmm. all through history, whether it was, you know, Emmett Till's accuser or whether it was, uh, you know, uh, the woman. I don't even want to get into it because I don't want to shine a light on those right. women. And, and there have been many, but comparatively, it's fewer women exactly. lie. Most exactly. women don't lie. But of course, as, when it comes to politics, also, you have to be extra careful because rec you have to recognize that this could be weaponized. Okay, that's the problem is that I think that if, you know, I know I, I made this point is that you can't equalize anything. You can't say they're all the cases are mm -hmm. the same. And a lot right. of people have done that with this, where they brought mm -hmm. up Christine Blasey Ford and, you know, how come we gave so much attention? Well, because they're not the same situation. Mm -hmm. They're very, very different. And I could give you t 10 reasons why they're different. And, and we could spend an hour just talking about that. My, my thing is, is that I do believe most women. Mm -hmm. I have many friends who have put up with uh, sexual harassment and assault and even rape. I've also known women personally, not just in the news, but in my actual life, who I know for sure lied about instances of sexual abuse and assault. So mm -hmm. if, you, if you're an intelligent person, you go, yes, that's the information. And so, yes, what we have to do with each case, mm -hmm. the default is listen, don't dismiss, investigate with mm -hmm. respect and objectivity, uh, do the work, um, that's what we do. We mm -hmm. don't just blindly accept anything anyone says, no matter what gender they are, and then act on that to destroy other people because right. we need to find out, are you telling the truth? That's 
that's that's true for everybody of any yeah. gender, race, creed, color, species, whatever. We 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 have to determine truth before we act, and that's all that I have felt about this. And in my article, I didn't get into parsing out Tara Reid's accusations mm-hmm. because. Like I said, plenty of people have done that right. on all sides of the divide. I'm not there to convince anybody of anything. I'm simply saying, don't don't come at this movement, this important yes. movement, and use it mm-hmm. to weaponize your politics, your agenda, mm-hmm. your beliefs. Yeah. Don't that that is like uh, when OJ played the race card yes. to defend his violence. Mm-hmm. That was offensive to me because. I thought, my God, you know, the racism in this country is so prevalent. Mm-hmm. This is not the case here for you. Right. And I think that, that that this has got to also apply to me, too. It's, a, it's an essential movement. Yeah. It's so important. And, and so for it to be in any way weaponized by those who are pushing a particular candidate is truly egregious and amoral as far as I'm concerned. Now, as far as she, as far as Tara Reid goes... I have read enough to doubt her story. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to get into attacking her personally right. or talking about whether she was wearing pantyhose or, you know, there's a lot of those discussions going on. I'm not interested in those. I'm not interested in in any of that because that's that plays into the, well, were you flirting? With, you know, that plays into that whole thing, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not relevant to this discussion. What's relevant is, is do the work, yeah. you know, and then make the judgment and don't be afraid to make the judgment because see what's happened is, is that anyone who's made the judgment that they aren't f- believing this lock, stock and barrel is being attacked. Of I've course, been attacked. Yeah. yeah Listen, well, was attacked. Anyone who says I'm having problems with the credibility of this person and the veracity of the story is being attacked and being told you're betraying the movement. Mm-hmm. You're a rape apologist. Mm-hmm. You're, you're defending rape apologists. And I'm sorry, that was, that that's ridiculous. That's wrong. That's, yeah. And and to me, it's like let's follow those threads back and go. Why are you, mm-hmm. person there, so interested in this story and pushing it so hard? Mm-hmm. And I and in too many cases, in this case, those threads go back to specific political campaigns. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And so right there, you've lost me because yeah. if you're pushing hard for a candidate who's running against or was running against Joe Biden or will be running against Joe Biden, then you lack credibility mm-hmm. because then you are not looking at this from an objective point of view. Yeah. And I've, you know, I, uh, Joe Biden was not my first choice, as you well know. Right. And, and I came to the decision to support him simply because I looked at who I felt was best positioned to beat Donald yeah, Trump. That's what mature be- people do. <laughs> and beating Donald Trump to me is more important. And I, and I say this as a woman right now, the greater good mm-hmm. is beating Donald Trump because yeah. Donald Trump's uh, the damage of Donald Trump affects not just assaulted women. It affects everyone. Yeah. It affects men, women, children of every race, creed and color and across the globe in very deleterious ways. So to me, I'm going to choose the action that gets rid of somebody who's having a negative impact on the greater good than one person who had 27 years to come forward. Mm-hmm. And at this particular moment, I'm sorry, <laughs> you are not the priority. That's the truth. That's mm-hmm. the truth to me. And and if you want to call me a betrayer of me, that's fine. I don't care. Because the reality is, is that getting rid of Donald Trump is far more important to me than 
Tara Reid feeling like she's been heard. Because, you know, I keep hearing, it needs to be heard. She needs to be heard. It needs to be assessed. It needs, well, isn't it? I know. I know. <laughs> Freaking weeks. Hasn't every major newspaper and magazine done yes. a thorough investigation and articles and opinion pieces? I mean, it's like to continue with this, don't we need to assess this? Don't we need to dig in deep? I'm sorry, that's been going on now for months. It has months. been. And the thing is, is like one of the things that recently came up is not this past weekend, but the weekend before, I guess AP came out with a story that had said that, oh, if you dig deep, if, 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 you know, going to the National Archives, I didn't say harassment. I just said he made me feel uncomfortable. So first she said it was harassed. Then she said, okay, no, he just made me feel uncomfortable. And then we find out as soon as this article hits, because I guess she had told AP this, uh, I think it was... Now, I mean, she she told AP that, okay, after Joe Biden had announced they're going to try to find this report, oh, well, if she t she says to AP, well, uh, okay, it's not going to say what I said it said earlier. <laughs> but that day, she announced that she was not going to be going uh, on an interview with Chris Wallace because she right. was getting death threats. But then, like, three days later, she goes and interviews with Megyn Kelly. So. Yeah. Okay, if you're going to use death threats as an excuse not to go on, it was also Don Lemon, but you right. will go with Megyn Kelly. Again, it's just you're not helping your argument. But you know what I think? And I said this on um, Bob's show, which is a patrons only show. So um, I'm sure there's some crossover people who heard me say it on Friday. But I really want to make this point because I think it's extremely important. First of all, I want to just start off with the idea that white male White males, white men have been president with the exception of one man throughout our entire history. Exactly. And so each one of those men have made their own mistakes. Some of those men have made terrible decisions that have cost lives and ruins economy, ruins economies. And no one up until very recently, no one said, oh, well, it must be because he's a white male. <laughs> no one right. said that. So but when Obama is president, he's a black man. He had to be scandal-free. And even when he was scandal-free, God forbid his tan suit and his, you right. know, whatever he said, Dijon mustard, uh, he ordered right. Dijon mustard. And they, they looked for scandals and they tried to th the attach scandals. And then, and then, you know, so if he would have made a, a mistake, a terrible mistake, I mean, he, he's a president, he's a human, he made some mistakes, but he was a good president. Um, right. If he would have made an egregious mistake that would have cost lives or hurt the economy that would have been it for democratic black men exactly you know we can't trust them they can't do it and so right. and hillary didn't even get the fucking opportunity and right. you know i mean she, she we all know what she's capable of she was robbed of that experience so when whenever we do get a woman she's gonna have to be scandal free and she's not she can't fucking hurt anybody or make any bad decisions because that same thing oh we can't have a woman because a woman can't lead uh, right. Even though there are women leaders around the globe who are proving to be fantastic and better than so many of the men that we're seeing right now. Um, and it's not to say that we, we've had some great white male leaders, but, you know, it's only been them. But this brings me to Me Too. So Me Too comes up and, there, you know, one person's story, one person's allegation does not define the movement. And right. so if let's just say, for the sake of argument, that she's fucking lying for political purposes. Um, it does not define the movement. It just doesn't. No. And nor does the belief or disbelief of others involved in the movement, meaning all of us women out here who support the movement, nor yeah. does it define us. Because I, you will not get me ever to agree that 
looking at the truth, discerning truth, making judgments based on on information and research and 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 common sense is a betrayal of a movement that should be based on truth. Yeah. That that's manipulation. That's that's weaponizing and politicizing an important movement. And it's, you know, it the fact that it's happening right before a presidential before, election yeah. <laughs> is incredibly suspect to yeah. me. You know, and people will say, well, look at Christine Blasey Ford brought it out right before the Supreme Court not, uh, confirmation hearing. And the difference is, uh, is that, uh, what was his name? Bl- Kavanaugh. Yeah, Brett what Kavanaugh. <laughs> I've, wiped, I've tried to wipe him out of my mind. Brett Kavanaugh was an unknown quality yeah. to anybody outside of his inner circle. Mm-hmm. He, No one knew about him. He hadn't been right. vetted. He hadn't been on the political scene for decades. He hadn't been a vice president for eight mm-hmm. years. Nobody knew who he was. So yeah. suddenly he's in the limelight, and a woman who has uh, concerns about his character goes, oh, shit, mm-hmm. kind of like Anita Hill did. Yeah. No one knew who Clarence Thomas was. Right. These were not men that had been in the zeitgeist and on the radar. Yeah. and you know. So to compare either of those two situations with Tara Reid coming out after Biden has been a high-profile senator, mm-hmm. a high-profile uh, leader of committees, a, a, a VP for eight years, and suddenly we should believe that she just suddenly felt this need to talk about mm-hmm. it right now. That defies While logic. the Russians are attacking us and right. and While she has a fucking lawyer who wrote for Sputnik. I'm sorry, that right. looks fucking bad. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, I, you know, to me, it's almost like, where do you have to be as a human being yeah. to look at the situation we're currently in and go, yeah, now's when I'm going to do this. Right. Now, right now. And right then there was now. also there were also the TikTok tweets where in like February she somebody I think Ryan Grimm who works for the Intercept had said something about you know oh things are going to get really heated now and then she says yeah Biden TikTok and right. it was more than uh-huh. one and I looked it up I you know I saw the screenshots and so sometimes you wonder are those photoshopped so I went over to Ryan Grimm's feed and found that tweet and found her TikTok tweet. It was not a Photoshop. It was her actual tweet. So she was teasing this. You know, I mean, what would have happened if Bernie got the nomination? Would we have ever heard about this? Probably not. And the thing is, I've even heard rumors that there's other women that have similar stories that the Republicans are suppressing to bring out in October. And I say to that, you know what, if that's true, then I won't believe those either. Because if those women don't feel that there's anything amoral about using yeah. these stories to destroy a campaign, then then they have no credibility. If some right. woman has been abused and sexually assaulted and feels absolutely the urgent need to put that in the public mm-hmm. uh, space, then just do it. Yeah. Just fucking do it. Don't sit there and wait until and then then you are yeah, just until it's a, politically advantageous for uh, yeah, the candidate you're just you the political tool and the, right there you've lost your credibility yeah. as far as I'm concerned so you know to me it, it it I will never accept any generality about any group and me too included and uh but again I will stress most women don't use the worst experiences mm-hmm. of their lives to lie about and use as political uh weaponry they don't mm-hmm. most women don't but that doesn't mean some women don't. Exactly. And, well, and, my, mean and some women do rather. I mean, and so to me, it's like saying any group, right? It's like when people say, well, you know, like with racism, well, look at all the black crime. Well, it's like you look at all the white crime. You know, yeah. look at, <laughs> look, you know, you want to talk about crime. Let's look at what the crime white men commit. You know, look these, at the president. <laughs> these, right. You look at these generalities are designed to 
to to close minds and and designed yeah. to shut down facts and truth. And so, no generality is going to make me believe something I don't believe. And if yeah. you know, if people want to say you're betraying the Me Too movement, go for it. I don't care. You well, know, you I'll, know any I'll kind of any, yeah, any kind of civil rights movement, any kind of women's right, whatever it is, it's going to be messy because there's going to be blowback. There's going to be fighting. There's going to be people taking advantage of it. There's going to be moles. There's just going to be ugliness in all of it. And so, you know, that's just part of the fucking game. You know, when when people are are fighting for equality, it's going to get ugly, and there's going to be there's going to be people who get in the way and muck it up and try to discount it and make you look like you're a hypocrite or you're, you know, I mean, the the worst part of this though is that you know, and I've said this before, so I don't want to spend too much time, but it's just I'm seeing so many. I just saw in Chris Hayes on Friday. There was a woman, and I don't remember her name, but, you know, she was basically saying these these claims are credible, and it's like she was picking and choosing certain things that she thought could be credible, but ignoring other things. And that's right. what I'm seeing from prominent, uh, I don't want to call them Democrats, but, you know, because they're just, they're, they're like, you know, journalists and reporters reporters or pundits and so you've got pundits on msnbc or you've got feminists or whatever that are you know they're they're it seems to me that they're cherry picking and you know i think i've said this jessica valente is accusing democrats of being hypocrites because we don't believe all women and it's like really jessica you're an incredibly intelligent woman intelligent woman incredibly smart and you have to know that believe women doesn't mean just like you said throwing out all of your intellect and your ability to discern and say, okay, we understand. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's just a stupid. And it's like when somebody like her says something like that, I get extremely disappointed because our, like, you know, we've, we're, we're a country now of sides. So it's like our side. Well, because let's, well, let's look at it. It's like they're saying Democrats aren't, aren't taking up the mantle of this woman's accusation. Well, I'm sorry, when, the, when, when accusations were made that were very believable to me, like as I referenced in my article, Bill Clinton, yes. I mean, when I first heard that story, I was like, no, that can't be true. And then after a while you go, oh, mm-hmm. shit. It could it's be. true. Or it could right? be true. Anthony, right. Anthony Weiner. Totally. Uh, there's, there's all sorts of Democrats who've behaved badly that I've gone, yeah, they suck. They need to be mm-hmm. out of there. Yeah. Um, this is not a political thing for me. No. The only place that it's political has to do with getting rid of a man who is currently hurting the greater good. That's it for me. And yeah. that's not even political. That's, you know, it's like if a Democrat was running the country the way Donald Trump was, mm-hmm. I'd want to get rid of him. Me too. So, Absolutely. You know, this is, you know, this is not, this is not, it should not be political. And the fact that anyone's made it political to me, you know, shoots the credibility of the whole argument to mm-hmm. hell. Yeah. You know? Well, and we know that Russia has also amplified, um, argue, you know, like they've gotten on both sides of the anti-vax conversation. They've gotten on both sides of the Black Lives Matter conversation so that they can, you know, stoke the division and the anger. So, of course, these are the kinds of conversations that Russians love. I don't know what the deal is and why she came forward when she did as far as what's her main motivation, um, providing she's not telling the truth, which I don't think she is. But, you know, I don't know what it, you know, people are saying she's a Russian agent. I'm not going to call her a Russian agent. I don't know enough to make that claim. Um, All I can say is, Russians love this shit. It's like when you when when I of call course. Russian, I mean, I think Trump is literally a Russian agent. But when when, you know, people got so pe- Bernie supporters got so upset when he was when Bernie was called a Russian asset. 
being a Russian asset doesn't mean you're playing along. It just means the Russians are using you. Bernie was a divisive figure in right. the Democratic Party, and Russians saw an opportunity in that. And they really took advantage of it in 2016, which I saw because I was a Bernie supporter, and I, I was kind of falling, in not all the way, but seeds were being planted in my head, seeds of doubt about sure. Hillary because, you know, they were coming down then all these Bernie groups that I was in and, you know, you'd see article after article after article after article that questioned her or suggested that she was going to get indicted or whatever it was. You know, she's going to start a war. She's going to do this. She's going to do that. And it's like when your mind is filled with that information day after day after day after day, you start wondering and you start doubting. So exactly. that's all it is. And it's like, was, was Bernie out there saying it? No, he didn't have to. Russians recognized, hey, there's an audience here and we can get to them and we're going to use this guy. That doesn't mean he played along with it. It just means that he was used. And so it's like I look at this Tara woman, and I don't know if she's being used by the Russians. I don't because I guarantee you the Russians are promoting the division. Um, of course. But you know, I, I, the fact that she's got this you know lawyer that wrote for Sputnik is very alarming to me. I, I, I find <laughs> that extremely alarming. But you know, outside of that, it's like this woman is coming along at such a time. There's enough. I, I said before too that if I were in a court of law. And I heard her side of the story, which I've heard because she has told it on many occasions in different, exactly. you know, she told, I don't remember her name, Katie Halper, is that her name? Um, yeah. You know, I listened to that interview. I, I watched some of, on Twitter, I saw some of the interview with Megyn Kelly and not the whole thing. Um, I don't even know when it aired or if it's aired yet. But, you know, I've, I've read several accounts. I've looked at her Twitter account. So we've heard her side of the story. And then I've listened to other people like that guy, Michael Stern, who was a former federal yeah. prosecutor and he broke it down. And he, if I listen to his argument and I listen to her argument, I say, I don't have enough evidence to convict and not actual evidence, but just no, have to I be know convinced. What you're saying. Well, so, and, yeah. and I, th I, I think you also look at the entirety of a man's life yeah. and what he's done. And as many people have pointed out, you know, some some woman who wrote an article, I think I referenced her in my piece, said something like she J Joe Biden should step down. And mm -hmm. she said something about this is he uh, she, I can't remember exactly what she said, but it was something along the lines of that. Th this is his M.O. kind of thing. This is right. what he this is what he's known for. This it's the type of thing. And I I actually tweeted back to her and said, actually, this is not. No, it isn't. Known for. <laughs> he's known for being too handsy, yeah. for being too uh, touchy feely. But but. Finger rape? That's he's not known for that. No. You know, uh, and 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 so it's like, I don't know. You know, I mean, uh, when it comes down to he said, she said things, you've got to take in a whole lot of information. Yeah, you don't know. And you've got to use your brain and you've got to use your experience and your knowledge. And that's what I tried to elucidate in my article. That based on my life of experience around and amongst men and women who have been on both sides of the truth side of mm -hmm, this, mm -hmm. I, I will make my decisions accordingly. And yeah. nobody's going to tell me that I give up my right to discern because I support me too. That's right. And then, know, you know, I, yeah, I just want to just emphasize so much that me too, again, is not defined by one person's story or allegation or lie or any of it, because again, it's, it's a movement that is going, it's, 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 
we're in a patriarchal society. Men have the majority of power. Men have the narrative of how women are supposed to behave. And it still exists. And it's still going of on. Course. And of course, we've made strides, but it's actually going backwards. But uh, it's still there. And so because it's still there, it just means we're going to, you know, there, there's always going to be somebody coming against Me Too and screaming that it's that it's not a worthy cause or that we're being hypocrites about it or Democrats are running it into the ground because we don't have one person. Uh, we're not just falling down for their story. So, no, I, I, I just don't want to see people on social, social media or out in the world getting afraid to support me too, because like, for instance, you know, if you say you're a feminist, Republicans have done such a fantastic job of dragging that name through the mud that even of liberals course. don't want to take on that name. And, 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 and all you have to do is look up the de definition of what is feminism. It's just, it's just equality of rights under the law. It's both, it's social, it's like socially and legally. So the same rights, that's all it is. If you want to shave your pits, shave your pits. That's not, that has nothing, you know, I mean, feminism, yes, you can say like shaving armpits and shaving legs could fall into feminism because the patriarchy says you have to shave in order to be an attractive woman to a male. Um, but, you know, I, I see, you know, so many times when the Republicans want to rag on feminists, there's this, I, I, I can't show you obviously because this is audio only, but there's always this one girl this picture they use and she's wearing this like knitted cap and she just looks kind of like a um, maybe like a college student who's like a like a nouveau hippie and right. and they just want it they want to put all the feminists in that kind of a category and act like they're dirty just like just like Phyllis Schlafly did when she was exactly. trying to kill the Equal Rights uh, Rights Amendment it was like oh we're you know that this wonderful whoever isn't watching it you need to watch i think it's hulu yeah. and it's the phyllis laugh I, I think it's called miss yeah. america and it's mrs. just america, I think. mrs america and she is so perfect oh my god uh Kate it's, it's very so hard great. to watch because i get myself because i know the end of the story i know, right? <laughs> I know. And, and, and it's upsetting and and, yeah. and kate blanchett is so brilliant as her but she but is. again that comes right back down to what i said earlier about generalities it's yeah. like that's exactly what people who were against the women's movement did, is they created a big generality. Yeah, we're all dirty. Branded. We're dirty Branded. women. We're right. dirty whores. Dirty women who are against marriage and against mothers and mm -hmm. against, and it's all bullshit. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's all bullshit. Yeah, meanwhile, and, like all the liberal women were having babies <laughs> and being right. moms. I, I am absolutely <laughs> consider myself a feminist, and I believe in marriage. I, yeah. I had a child. I was a stay-at-home mom for a few years. I, I have, it's all, to me, it's all about equality and choice. Yeah, totally. If you, if you want to stay home and be a stay-at-home mom, I have no problem with that. If that's your choice, right? If you're being forced to do it, that's a different story. That's a totally and different I think, story. but but that's the same thing that we're talking about regarding Me Too or regarding uh, the politicization of the politicization of the COVID. Yeah, uh, it, it's right. generalities. It's it's it 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 it's it makes people stupid. If you believe any generality, you are being a lazy thinker. Mm -hmm. So just step outside of any generality that's thrown at you and pull it apart. Because if you start pulling it apart, you're going to find lots of colors and lots of nuances. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be asked to discern. You're going to be asked to use your gut sense. You're going to be asked to make an opinion based on your, your knowledge and your own experience. And that's harder work than just mm -hmm. going along with the it's all this or it's all that. Yeah. And, 
And we live in a society right now who doesn't want to do that kind of work. You know, they want to sit at home and and scream on social media or listen to Fox News or whatever they do and and not think too hard. And and that's, you know, we have seen the damage of that Mm -hmm. in the last three and a half years. Mm -hmm. We have seen what has happened. And that needs to change. And so to me, just to wrap up that Me Too part is that, you know, I again, I'm if Tara Reid had any kind of experience that made her uncomfortable, I'm sorry for that. No man should ever make any woman Mm -hmm. uncomfortable, whether it's finger banging her or putting his arms around her shoulders. Mm -hmm. None of that should be none of that should happen. I've been in those situations. I know what situations feel like. And and if those any of those any version of those happened to her or anybody else, uh, that's wrong. And I feel very bad for them. And, And we need to create a society as we are currently doing i hope that will make that no so unacceptable mm-hmm. that men won't do it and women won't stand for the men who do yeah and they will speak and up women and women won't feel like they have to stand for it because i think that's you know people say why didn't exactly. you complain because you don't feel like you can because you right. feel like you're gonna you know i mean i the the feminist next door uh who i had on a couple of weeks ago has this great i think it's her pin tweet but it was basically talking about you know uh can you name all the Cosby accusers. Can you name five of the Cosby accusers? Can you name one? Now, can we please stop saying they're doing this for fame? And it's like, you know, that's a really good point. Yeah. And it's like, no, no woman wants to go up in front of the world and go, Hey, I was raped by this person. That's you're not looking for fame and fortune. It doesn't doesn't reflect well on you, right? Yes. no, No strong, intelligent woman loves admitting that a man beat her up yeah. or a man raped her or a man, you know, that's not a, and that's who, not a, who, who gets fame that's not a feather in your cap. That's not a good thing. No. And who you gets know? fame from that? Who's, who's famous because they were raped by a famous guy. Right. Nobody. There's no woman who's famous because of that. I mean, I look at E. Jean Carroll. She already had a career. Not right. that I, I, you know, I wasn't so familiar with her, but I'm sure, you know, she had her fans and people knew who she was. And, um, she obviously she didn't say this so she could become more famous it, no, but people no. people want to put that that um title on you or or say that just again for political reasons or for patriarchal reasons and it's just bullshit and yeah i hope i hope that we are able i hope that with this presidency um and i don't like to call it a presidency but unfortunately that's what it is whether right. it's you know we don't like it, but that's what it is. Regime? Um, Can we refer yes, to it Yes, it's a regime. A regime. I, I hope that this regime points out, I mean, there's always going to be a stupid p- part of our electorate. And I say stupid, meaning that they're choosing, they're willful, willfully ignorant. They're just not even bothering. Like this woman that I'm, not, I'm, I'm no longer friends with, right. she doesn't even bother to do any research. She just shares an article because she likes the headline. It aligns with what she wants and she shares it. Um, but I think, I hope that there are enough people that are paying attention that we use this as an example for a long period of time. I, I, I know that there are, you know, uh, if, if we have a long enough period of time, people forget. So right. we, we don't always learn from our mistakes. But usually after a big time fuck up, we, we do remember. And I hope that we can use this because you can guarantee that as soon as Republicans get control of Congress and we have a Democratic president, they're going to impeach that president. You can fucking guarantee it. So it's like right. we need to be on it for a long ass time. And the Repu- what we need to do is push the Republican Party into being because they have 
totally obliterated themselves and they're going to have to reinvent themselves and Democrats have to vote in such big numbers. And fortunately, I know there are Republicans that are going to be voting against, you know, Trump and for Biden, specifically for Biden. And I just hope that it's enough that it sends a message to the party that that this behavior is not tolerated. Because well, and that, and, and I think that's that's really got to be the takeaway from to me this whole conversation, which is that there's all these other things going on, whether it's COVID or Tara Reid or Me Too, whatever. All of those things are part of what we are living through, but we can't really do much good until we get this regime out. Yes. and that's that to me is the number one priority over everything else because I don't want to see my country and my friends and family die over a badly bungled pandemic. I don't want to see women either feeling they can't speak up or speaking up in ways that end up working against them because they're being used in political situations, whatever it is, none of that should be the way we live our lives or the society should be built on. So to me, the priority is we've got to get rid of this regime. And so the rest of it, the noise with uh, other things is less important to me. And mm-hmm. if that makes me a bad person in someone's eyes, so be it. You yeah. know, um, There will be a time and a place for yeah. other things to come forward. But right now, we don't have the, the bandwidth no, to we don't. focus on all these other things. We've got, we've got a tunnel vision mm-hmm. this election. And yeah. right now, Joe Biden is the guy. And so to me, Especially, you know, it, what's hilarious, not hilarious, funny, but hilarious, sickening is the fact that he's running against a guy who is so amoral and mm-hmm. such a I know, I know. And so dishonest that to even compare the two is insane. And so anybody <laughs> that's like, well, he should step down. I just want to go. I'm so sorry. But, you know, he says this, this didn't happen. I'm choosing to believe him. I don't believe the the person that's currently in the White House. I want to save the world. We got to get rid of that guy. And that's it. Period. Yes, and that's all we need to the, know. The rest of the noise is just going to have to wait. Yeah. Or it needs to go away if it's not honest. Right. And that uh we'll leave that story there because, you know, people are made up their own minds yeah. and, and Exactly. And not, that's it. The the uh, lines in the sand have been drawn. Okay, let's move forward. Yep. So that's and, all we got to do. Yep. Oh, well. All right. Well, we better wrap this up. But okay, so I just want to say that I normally do an outro by myself. I'm not going to do one this time. I'm just going to I'm just going to say, why don't you tell everybody, tell everybody where they can find you, your books and all that. Okay, just my name, LorraineDevonWilkie.com is my website and everything that you want to know about me and probably more than you want to know about me is there. <laughs> so that's where to go. All righty. Well, then I will put that in the description of the Great. text of the pa- uh, the Patreon thing on the, you know what I'm trying to say. I always, yeah. I always get that, like those words in my mind get say. mixed Too up, the, the, the Patreon description. Um, yes. And then I will, of course, also um, add your... Twitter, so everybody can follow you on Twitter, but yes. they probably already Great. do. But I have some new, uh, new people here, so maybe you'll get Great. some new followers. And then, of course, you can find me on uh, Twitter at author Kimberly. Don't forget that's K I M B E R L E Y. And you can also visit my Amazon page and see all the books that I've written. I've done Peyton's Choice, An American Woman, a whole bunch of Virgin Diaries. So um, check those out. And thank you, Lorraine, for for talking with me. Always enjoy it. It's always fun. You're so smart, and I thank love talking you. to you. We're right back at you, and uh, I always love talking to you, Kimberly, so thanks. All right. Well, you take care. You too.